The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game. Public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Axford cracks a case. The Green Hornet strikes again. carelessness steal $200 million from you? Most sensible Americans wouldn't. And yet since Pearl Harbor, these same sensible Americans have let traffic accidents rob them of $200 million in automobile repairs alone. To say nothing of the 200 million man hours of vital time wasted, plus thousands of lives lost. Now is the time for every patriotic American citizen to do something about this waste of life, time, and money. What can you do? Well, you can see that your car is always in the best possible condition. You can observe closely the traffic rules of the road you travel. And you can drive carefully. Remember, accidents delay victory. And now, the Green Hornet. It was late afternoon. Britt Reed, young man about town and publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was in the outer office having a discussion with his secretary, Lenore Case, and Michael Axford, self-styled reporter. So you think the city's to blame for the development of criminals, eh, Axford? Well, Reed, in a way it is. To my way of thinking. And what is your way of thinking, Axford? That is, uh, when you do think. Oh, suffered snakes, Casey. Now, do you have to start wisecracking when me and the boss is having a serious discussion? Now, Reed, as I was saying, I, uh, I, uh, well, uh, just what was I saying anyhow? <laughs> About the development of criminals. You said the city's to blame in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now I remember. It was Casey's button in that threw me off the track. <laughs> what Axford doesn't know about criminals would fill a book, Mr. Reed. <laughs> oh, what's the use of trying oh, to... Oh, go ahead, to... Axford. Finish the discussion. I won't butt in again. Well, no, since you apologize, Casey, I will. Well, you see, Reed, it is the forming of bad habits in youth that makes the criminals later on. That's a very intelligent line of reasoning, Axford. Of course it is, Reed. Are you sure you didn't read that somewhere? Casey, you... Go on, Axford. Tell me, what did bring that thought to your mind? Well, I got to thinking about that today, Reed, when I went to lunch, to be exact. 
You mean something brought it to your mind? Yeah. You see, I went to a little joint over in West Avenue, Pete's Cafe. It's one of them places where they have a jukebox and a couple of them pinball machines. After I finished my sandwich, I noticed a kid playing one of the machines. So I wandered over to watch. It was some sort of baseball game where you got to make three strikes to make a bell ring. Well, anyway, he'd been playing it quite a while. Well, sure now, Sonny, you, you must get a lot of fun playing those games, considering all the nickels you're stuffing in it. Yeah, so I get a lot of fun out of it. So what? Well, no, if you get fun out of it, I, I guess it's worth the nickels you spend on it at that. Ah, go puff your stogie someplace else. Breeze, mister, you bother me. Is that so, no? Why, when I was your age, Sonny, I... <laughs> don't get me, mister. You can't think that far back. I... Now, uh, don't bother me while I make this shot. I made it! I made it! Well, I guess making that bell rings gives you a sort of a satisfaction at that. Though I wouldn't waste me nickels just to do that. <laughs> I can tell by looking at you that you're the kind of guy who wouldn't waste a nickel on anything. Move over so as I can get this ticket from that slot. A ticket? Sure. See? I just won this ticket by making that bell ring. Four nickels I put into that game aren't wasted after all. Mister, this ticket will get me one buck in cold cash. Say, no. I thought you were playing this thing just for the fun of it. But it sounds like a gambling gadget to me if you get a dollar for that ticket. <laughs> Live and learn, mister. Where you been all your life anyway? you think we'd sink dough into one of these machines if there wasn't a payoff? Oh, by golly, but you're a tough one. Now, ain't you ashamed to be gambling at your age? Say, with that undersized doiby on your head and that stogie stuck in your mouth, you look like a comedy flatfoot, mister. But you talk like a preacher. What's your racket, anyway? Here, no, you spalpeen. Show respect to your elders. Ah, you sound like my old man talking. I didn't ask you to butt in anyway. Sure, and if I was your old man, I'd, I'd do less talking and more laying on of the rod. That I would. <laughs> you and who else? Well, we won't quibble about that. But you're a tough one for your age, I'll say that. Uh, where do you get that ticket cashed? From the owner of this place here? Nah, Pete ain't got nothing to do with it. He just gets his cut from the take on the machine. Well, where then? If I told you, then you'd know as much as I do. Big stuff. But you can bet I'll get paid off for this ticket as soon as I take it in. I know my way around, see? That's something I do know, and you don't. Well, that's what started me thinking, Reed, that if the city'd stop that sort of thing, the kids wouldn't get bad habits. I see your point, Axford. Of course, pinball machines aren't illegal as long as they're just games to be played for amusement. Evidently, that's one of those seemingly insignificant rackets that nets some racketeer or group a big sum of money daily, mostly from teenagers. Well, it seems to me that things like that also contribute to juvenile delinquency, Mr. Reed. That's right, Casey. That's right. We agree on that. That we do. And to my way of thinking, something ought to be done to stop it. Well, Axford, maybe something will be done. You never can tell. Well, I was telling Sarge about that ticket business, and he said the kid was ribbing me. He said the ticket only gave the kids the privilege of playing a few free games. But that boy told you he'd get a dollar for the ticket. That he did, and he wasn't ribbing me either. Well, whoever's behind the racket will be caught red-handed someday, and then you can laugh at the sergeant, Axford. It might even turn out to be a big scoop for the Sentinels, so keep your eyes open and bide your time. Uh -huh.
short time later, Cato, Britt Reed's Filipino valet and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, received a phone call at the apartment. Acting on orders of the young publisher, Cato left the apartment. And a couple of hours later, he phoned Britt Reed at his office on the private line. Hello? Mr. Britt, I find out something. Good work, Cato. What is it? I see boy win game and take ticket. I follow him. He go into a building next to Gaiety Nightclub on East Boulevard. It's not far from Sentinel Building. I know. Did you find out what office he went to in the building? It's small office on second floor, at front. Office number 206. Fine. Whoever's there paying off on those tickets is probably just one of the many stooges for the higher-ups behind the racket. I have an idea, Cato, that I believe will work. Now listen closely, and I'll tell you exactly what I want you to do. Yes, Axford. I thought I'd let you in on a chance to get a scoop for the Sentinel. A scoop, you say? What is it, Reed? Well, Gunnigan told me he had a tip that Jayton and his gang were running a gambling den in the back room of the Gaiety nightclub. Jayton owns it, you know. Sure, I know that. So you think Jayton's running a gambling place there, eh? Well, that's to be found out, Axford. I thought maybe it might be a good idea if you and I went there for dinner tonight. I'm known there, so it wouldn't seem unusual... Then you could do a little snooping. Say, now, Reed, that's a good idea, that it is. And you're smart to think of it. <laughs> Incidentally, they have swell stakes there, too, Axford. <laughs> sure, and I never gave that a thought, Reed. Just all business to me, that it is. I'll probably have nothing but a bit of coffee, just to be ordering something. Uh, when do we leave, Reed? No time like the present, Axford. Come on. I need a little nightclub atmosphere to get all this office routine out of my system. <laughs> We'll be just a couple of playboys, Axford, looking for a place to howl. <laughs> sure, that sounds more like a couple of wolves to me, Reed, when you, when you talk about howling. And the howling's out. But we'll combine business and pleasure. <laughs> I'll take the pleasure and leave the business part of it to you. Let's go. <clears throat> sure, and this is the life, Reed. That is once in a while, that is. But how you stand at night after night is more than I can figure out. The steak is good. That it is. But it's barely enough for a full-grown man like myself. Have more of it if you want, Axford. Excuse me a few moments. I want to call the office about something I forgot to mention to Gunnigan. Sure. Sure, you go ahead, Reed. I'll, I'll be right here when you come back. I won't be long. Order anything you want. <clears throat> Sure, and this is a treat being here, that it is. <laughs> uh, say, waiter. Something else, sir? Uh, well, now, I was just thinking, that bit of steak, it was only a half portion, it looked like. Well, that was a filet mignon, sir. It was, eh? Sure, and I thought all along I was eating beef steak. Well, maybe, maybe you'd better bring me some more. A, a double order, let's say. Two orders? Sure, but both on the same plate. And make it quick if you can. I want to be suffering, snakes. That sounded like it came from the building next door, like somebody busting open the safe. I'll go have a look.
Maybe I'll get a scoop in a robbery or something. Here's the stairs. I wonder which office it is, sir. Somebody's coming out at 206. Great sense. It's the Green Hornet. He's making for the back stairs. Hey, stop. Glory be. What am I thinking of? Chasing after the Green Hornet alone like this and me without a gun. I'll go into 206 and see what he's been up to. Suffering snakes. He's cracked the safe. Look at the stuff scattered all about. No, what's, what's all those things there? Tickets. Tickets just like the one that kid got out of the pinball machine. Oh, here come the cops. I'll scram out of here and tell Reed about this and about the Hornet doing the job here. Here you are, Reed. Yes. Where on earth have you been, Axford? Right next door, Reed. I heard a muffled explosion, like what a safe makes when it's blowed up. So I went to investigate before the cops came. I see. Find out anything? Did I? Did I? Wait till you hear. It was a safe cracking, all right. And I know who done it, too. You do? Yep. I saw the guy leaving the scene of the crime with me own two eyes. Would you know him again if you saw him? Would I know him, Reed? It was none other than the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet right next door? Sure as I'm sitting here. It is your luck to be talking in a phone booth while things like that happen. <laughs> Why didn't you go after him, Axford, and head him off until the police came? Sure, I tried to do that, Reed. But you don't know that Hornet like I do. Just as I was about to grab him, he ducked under me arm and made a getaway down the back stairs. I, uh, I slipped a bit uh, trying to chase him, and so he got away. Well... What do you know about that? Well, I, uh, I almost forgot to tell you, Reed. Uh, look here. What's that, Axford? A ticket. Just like the one that kid got out of the machine today. The guy who has that office must be the one who cashed these in for the kids. Axford, I think you've hit on something. Sure I have. And I'll tell Sarge about it and he can pick the guy up. Now, hold on, Axford. Why not try for a beat for the Sentinel? How do you mean, Reed? Get facts. Find out who rents that office and go to his room. Persuade him to come down to the office. Maybe you can get him to talk before the cops get to him. And that way we'll be on the street first with the news. You mean that you're putting this thing in my hands, Reed? Of course. That man will be small fry, but I know you can make him talk. Get him to tell who the big shots are. Think of the scoop you'd get. Leave it to me, Reed. The Sentinel will have a scoop for the early morning edition. You can count on that. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Today, this very hour, thousands of American soldiers are crouching in wintry foxholes in Germany. You may be sure they think of home, of you, of me, what we do from hour to hour, and the wonderful days ahead when they'll be coming back. We must not let them down. They must not return to high prices, to inflation, hardships, and suffering. You can do your part by making your grocer your partner and sticking strictly to ceiling prices. Make certain those prices are posted in his store for all to see, and then don't pay one penny more. Remember, defeating Germany will not end the dangers of inflation. That man in the foxhole thinks of us every minute. We can't let him down. And now, back to the Green Hornet.
After a short discussion with Britt Reed, Axford went to the next building to find out the name of the occupant in 206. He returned with the information. Then the two men left the nightclub and Axford departed in a cab. Britt Reed made his way to a secluded place where Cato waited in the Black Beauty. I think you decide not to come, Mr. Britt. I couldn't rush things, Cato. Is plan working out, perhaps? So far, so good. Axford's on his way out to persuade a chap of the name of Joe Malden to come to the Sentinel office. Well, he man who has office next to a gaiety club? Yes. Better start up, Cato. Head out the boulevard. Yes, Mr. Britt. Suppose Malden refused to come to office with Axford. We're on our way out there right now to make sure he does come. A little scaring by the Green Hornet should do the trick. We've got to get there a little ahead of Axford, and his cab has already left, so step on it, Cato. Step on it. short time later, Joe Malden was in the bedroom of his small flat, hastily packing a suitcase. That building guard called and said somebody blew the safe in my office. That means the cops will be around to ask questions. I got a blow before they do come around. There we are. In some place, Malden? Hey, what the... I'm afraid if the cops start asking questions about that safe, they'll catch on that you're tied up in a racket, eh? Well, you... The Green Hornet. Tell me something I don't know. How'd you know about that safe? Hey, maybe you pulled the job. Right, I did. Listen, punk. You and those with you are cutting in on one of my rackets. It's time to clamp down, and I might as well start with you. Now, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I... What are you going to do? You'll soon find out, Malden. I'm leaving the back way. But after your caller goes, I'll return. Then you can be ready for a showdown. Oh, I'd better open the door. Even if it's the cops, they don't know nothing. It'll save me from the hornet. Say, me good man, are you Joseph Malden, may I ask? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Joe Malden. So what? Well, I want to talk to you a few minutes, if, if you don't mind. Well, come on in, then. Okay, get it off your chest. Well, I'm a reporter from the Daily Sentinel. I happen to know it was the hornet who cracked your safe downtown. We'd like to have you come down to the Sentinel office so as to give us the details. Details about what? Well, about what's missing and all that. And maybe we'd have other questions we'd think of, too. Scram out of here. I ain't got any time. No, no, wait a minute. Uh, maybe I will go along with you at that. Well, no, that's that's just fine. That it well, is. I got my reason for going. And it ain't just to go there to shoot off my mouth, see? I'll decide when I get there if I have anything to say. Sure, sure, Mr. Malden. Uh, we'd better get going. I have a cab waiting right outside. <laughs> you don't know it, buddy, but you came just in the nick of time. Yeah, the Sentinel office is one place where a certain party won't dare stick his nose. Well, let's go, Snooper. I'm ready right now. Britt Reed had Cato drop him off in the vicinity of the Sentinel building. Then he hurried to his office and was sitting behind his desk when Axford entered, beaming triumphantly. Reed, Reed, I got him to come, believe it or not. You did? Axford, I didn't think you could do it. Sure, and Malden's sitting right out there in the outer office this minute. Marvelous, Axford. Now, if you can get him to talk, what a scoop we'll have for the early morning edition. Listen, Reed, when I start working on that guy, he'll talk all right. I hope so. 
If you could only get them to tell who the men are behind this racket, the big shot. That's exactly what I intend to do, Reed. Do you think you can? I'm sure of it, Reed. In fact, you can go ahead and have the headline set up that Malden confessed. Confesses what, though? Confesses to taking part in the big racket. We can print the names he gives us in the next edition after that one, see? It's too much of a chance, Axford. Suppose he doesn't confess and we had the headlines already printed. Why, it would take an hour or more to make the change in the edition. Reed, I know I'll make him talk. I won't let you down. You can count on Michael Axford. All right. I'll do it. Yes, Chief. Gunnigan, we've got a scoop for the early morning edition. Get your rewrite men to set it up and see that it's headlined. What is it, Chief? Joe Morden confesses to part in Big Racket. The details of his confession will follow in the next edition. Okay, Chief. Well, that's that. Axford has so helped me. If you let me down, I'll send you back to the police force where you came from. Reed, just wait and see. 2 a.m., is it? Sure, now in half an hour, I'll have that little crook telling me his life history. That I will. Now you just wait and see. Three o'clock, and Axford's getting nowhere. That morning edition has to be on the streets by five. Yes? What is it, Gunnigan? How about it, Chief? Has that guy talked yet? Axford's still working on him. If he talks, I'll call you. But we'd be stuck, Chief, if that mug don't open up soon. You're telling me. I'll let you know. Hold the trucks until I do. Okay. I'll be waiting. I guess I'd better see how Axford's making out. Come on, come on. Why, in the name of St. Patrick, do you have to be so stubborn, Malden? I don't know nothing. Hey, how many times do I have to tell you? Axford, come here a minute. Oh, Jewelry, sure, I'd be right there. Hey, you might as well let up on me, please. I ain't telling anybody nothing, and that's fine. I'll be right back, Malden. Come in and close the door. I'm doing my best, Reed. But that guy's as stubborn as a dead mule. That he is. And nothing seems to scare him enough to make him talk. Axford, you're letting me down. Don't you realize the first edition is printed and ready to roll out for distribution with headlines about Morland's confession? How did I know he'd be like that? I'd like to know. Now, give me another chance at him, Reed. I'll crack him this time for sure. It better be for sure, Axford. Don't worry, Reed. I'll make him talk yet if it takes a week. If it takes another half hour, we're stuck. Get busy and get him talking, somehow. Okay, Reed, okay. Just leave it to me. For the love of my chief, how'd you let yourself get talked into this mess anyway? It ain't like you to pull something like this. Gunnigan Axford was certain he could get Malden to talk. So certain, in fact, he persuaded me to go ahead on it. But we can't afford to wait any longer, Chief. As it is now, since we'll have to make a change, we'll be on the street with the Sentinel long after all the other papers are out. Maybe not, Gunnigan. Maybe not. Oh, you can sit there without chewing your nails right down to the knuckles is beyond me. I wouldn't let Axford know it, but I have a feeling that headline will stand and that we'll still get the Sentinel out on time. Wait a little longer, Gunnigan, and try not to have a nervous breakdown. Okay, Chief. You're the boss, but I don't like it. As Axford says, we'll just wait and see, Gunnigan. Just wait and see. Now, look, you. I know that you're mixed up in that racket, and I know you can tell me who's at the head of it. 
Oh, if the cops get hold of you, they'll make you talk. Oh, you haven't, wise guy. What's more, the cops ain't got a thing against me, see? And you just think you have. Oh, suffering snakes. If it wasn't that I was a patient man, I'd... I think you're wasting your time with them. <laughs> you're the only one around here that's got any sense, mister. Reed, I tried to... Let him go, Axford. Get... You better go as far as the side door with him. Let him go, you say? Yes, we have no right to hold him. Why, sure. That's what I've been telling this dope for hours. <laughs> we ought to tell the cops about how he's been grilling me. I don't think you will. Well, I ought to, though, even if I don't. Reed, you really mean that I should Get him out of here right now. And be sure to take him out the side door. Well, they'll have the papers packed in the hallway, Reed. He'd better go out the front door. I said take him out the side door. Okay, okay. And come on, you. I'm sick of looking at you. That I am. Well, there's the way out. And watch out for them papers there. Oh, the morning papers, huh? Well, wait a second while I get a look at the news. Never can tell what you... Hey. Hey, look what it says. Well, that's a lie. I ain't confessed nothing. But that's out on the street already. I can... Hey, what the... I ain't going out. Hey, now, what's the matter with you? If it's that headline you're worried about, I can tell you that it's... Now, look, to... look. Look through the window here. Look across the street. Look at what? That's a damn... Three hard-looking guys sitting in it with guns. And they're after me. They've seen them headlines. Take me back upstairs. I'll tell all about them. Jake and his gang run that racket. Send the cops out there to get them before they get me. Glory be, come on. We'll go up to Reed and get that thing written down. And then we'll call the cops and get them dirty racketeers. Come on. short time later, Axford entered Reed's office, excitedly waving a sheet of paper. Here it is, Reed. Here it is. A full confession by Joe Marden, saying that Jayton and his bunch are the big shot guys behind that racket. Fine, fine, Axford. How did you ever do it? Well, for one thing, Reed, he saw that headline as we were going out. And then he looked out the side door and saw a big sedan waiting across the street with three mean-looking guys in it holding guns. You mean to say he really saw them? Sure, just a few minutes ago. They're still out there, I guess. I'll take a look out the window. Are they still there, Reed? Can you see them? Great Scott, Axford. Well, what's the matter, Reed? I almost forgot. Those men are waiting for me. For you? <laughs> yes. You see, last night I made a date with some friends to go duck hunting this morning. I told them to call by about 4.30 or quarter to 5 and wait across the street for me. And they ain't killers waiting out there? <laughs> Not the kind of killers you mean, Axford. <laughs> well, I'd better get down to my locker and change my clothes in a hurry. I can't keep them waiting. Glory be... All this going on and you thinking of ducking. Tis a nervous wreck I am from cracking this case. Axford, you're wonderful. Uh-oh, five o'clock. Yes, sir. Let the trucks roll, Gunnigan. Axford, crack the case. Let those trucks roll.
How's your conscience today? Think carefully now. Sure you haven't repeated any war information that could be helpful to the enemy? What about that reference your son made in a letter to heavy duty ahead? Or did you tell your neighbor why your husband's leave was canceled? How many people know about the boy next door who thinks he'll be leaving for overseas any minute now? The enemy is on the alert to know the answer to all those questions. Today, the war is in its most crucial phase. Today, you must guard your speech as never before. The rules for keeping information from the enemy are simple. If you see it yourself, don't repeat it. But if it's been published or broadcast, then talk to your heart's content. Remember, an unspoken word can never do harm. And be sure to listen to the Green Hornet next week at this time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Henry Stambaugh speaking. This is the Michigan Radio Network.